everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Let's Talk About Sex. I'm your host, Felicia, and I'm a lady talking about sex. And this week, we have a very special guest, Amy, from the Shameless Sex Podcast. Amy, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Amy, as you already heard. I am one of the co-hosts of the Shameless Sex Podcast. Uh, It's a podcast all about sexuality. It's educational. It's playful. It's informative. I have a co-host who's one of my best friends who also works in the uh, sex toy and sex ed industry. I'm also a sex educator, a sex and relationship coach, and I've worked in the sex toy realm for over 12 years. Um, In our podcast, the premise of it is to have conversations around sexuality to decrease shame or help people work through shame. Not that we try to get rid of shame or hope that it never happens again, but that we all have it and there's tools to work with it as a teacher to bring us forward and recreate our sex lives more that are our sex lives in a way that's more true to who we really are as opposed to what we were taught we should be which is what limits us and hurts us um, with them also abiding by the motto that all consensual sex is good sex so consent is a big part of it too um, but yeah it's a it was a passion project that kind of blew up and grew and it's available on all of the apps easy to find Amazing. So that's Shameless Sex Podcast. I think that's so great. And our visions definitely align very well. And um, I think especially as women, it's very important to recognize how kind of norms have made us shameful of our sexuality. And I think that it's so great what you guys are doing. Um, And I think this flows really well into our subject uh, today. So we're going to be talking about sex toys. Um, And yeah, kind of, you're going to give us like the 411. I'm still learning about sex toys. I'm 20. So I just got my first vibrator this year and I love it. (laughs) And I'm so excited to learn more and figure out kind of what works for me and what works for other people. Um, So I kind of just wanted to ask you, Amy, if you were ever encouraged to use sex toys or was this something you kind of had to come about yourself? My in my upbringing, so I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, which is a little more uh, open-minded than a, a lot of other places. <laughs> and uh, I, the messages I got around sexuality, well, we had comprehensive sex education in school, but in comprehensive sex education, while they can talk about sex and STIs and all those things, they still don't really talk about pleasure. Um, you learn about anatomy, but not the pleasure aspects of anatomy. And and uh, that's something that we all still had to learn through trial and error, or if we were lucky, we got the messages at home. I didn't get the messages at home about pleasure, about advocating for my pleasure, or about what was possible um, in terms of receiving pleasure or giving pleasure. And I got, had to learn that on my own or through media or through peers. Um, but I was taught that sex was not shameful um, way before I became sexually active, a couple of years before. Um, my mom let me know that when I did become sexually active, that I could come to her and get on birth control. Um, so I already knew that that wasn't something that was bad or that I couldn't get support on that. Uh, and then when I did become sexually active, I actually was around 16. I was actually allowed to have um, you know, boyfriends at home in my bedroom. Um, and my, you know, my parents knew they preferred that that happened. They are not, you know, in the backseat of a car. And, um, what ended up happening was knowing that they were 
close allies and very, very supportive. They, my, I wouldn't say my dad was, my dad was just more neutral. He kind of just didn't care, but my mom was, was more supportive. Um, it made it so that I became an advocate for my sexual health at a young age. Um, I very rarely have had those experiences where I've, uh, a lot of people have had where that kind of the oops, oh, yeah, I had unprotected sex. I just caught, caught up in the moment. Um, I, uh, that maybe it happened like once or twice. I was always on birth control though, actually. I, so I, I just, I just started advocating for self, myself at a young age. Um, but the pleasure piece I had to do on my own. Um, but I think just because I knew that sex wasn't shameful, it was easier for me to embrace. I think I ordered my first vibrator when I was, I don't know, 17 or 18. I ordered it online from a local sex shop here where I live. Uh, it was a terrible sex. So I was like a rubber jelly vibrator that I do not recommend for anyone to use um, specifically because that material is is toxic. Yeah, your sex toys should never have a smell to them. They should smell like nothing, like completely neutral. Uh, if they smell any, like any sort of plasticky scent or if they're scented, that means that, that whatever that materials that might go in your bloodstream um, because genitals are mucous membranes and they absorb everything you put on them and um so i didn't have any terrible experience with that toy but it wasn't a great toy and yeah so i from there just had had to learn a lot more on my own and make mistakes like that buying the wrong toys buying the wrong shapes of toys um having sex that didn't feel good but not saying anything uh, a lot of a lot of negative experiences, a lot of positive ones that have led to who I am today. Well, I definitely think that you um, were a little bit more ahead of the game than I was. I definitely took a longer time to kind of figure that out, and then now being twenty, uh, kind of realizing, okay, you know, it's it's got to be good for me as much as it's got to be good for my partner. So, and I think a lot of women have very similar experiences, um, especially. Um, those who have had comprehensive sex education, those who haven't have had, you know, very uncomfortable or not pleasurable experiences. So like good on your mom. When you got your first vibrator, did you feel any sort of like taboo associated with it? Or were you worried? Because a lot of people are scared to order or even go into sex shops because they feel, you know, like kind of icky around it or they're scared their parents are going to find their vibrator if they get it delivered in the mail um did you feel any type of taboo or are you kind of like nah this is what I want right now I, think I knew that I wouldn't get in trouble for it there may have still been some like secrecy wanting to hide that part of myself and not I don't think I shared it with friends at that time um so I I think there was it was just like this is there's still this idea that we don't just like openly talk about this kind of stuff but I knew that I wasn't going to be shunned or get in trouble for it um I think I ordered it online because I wasn't 18 yet and so I worked the system because that was still that was possible uh, I think you just clicked the box saying you're 18 when I wasn't 18 and um and which is that's interesting that selling sex toys i believe the legalities around our selling sex toys that um, are actually phallic to um people under 18 that's illegal when it actually looks like some sort of phallus or penis uh but i'm pretty sure legally you might actually be able to sell sex toys that um because a lot of them are marketed as novelty items uh, that are um, that are not phallic, hence why there's certain stores that are not really even sex shops, but they have they sell some like kind of gimmicky sex toys that look like a tootsie roll or something like that, but they vibrate. Um, so yeah, so it was it was just probably something that I 
had to learn to get more comfortable with, but I, I knew was I wasn't going to be shunned. No, for sure. Um, I guess let's just kind of get into it and like start with the basics and kind of work our way up with uh, some different toys to give people like a better understanding um, of like what these toys are, what they do, uh, where it's supposed to go and all that great stuff. So I guess we can start with kind of the basic uh, bullet vibrator that I think a lot of people start off with. Do you want to give us a little bit of information about that? Sure. Yeah, if you walk into a sex shop, so these days there's so many types of sex shops. There's your porn store, which has a lot more racks and things of DVDs. Sometimes they have the booths in the back where you can watch DVDs and self-pleasure to them. And, and then they'll have some sex toys, but they're not usually higher-end, high-quality sex toys. Then there's your romance boutiques that are more like pink or in red and geared more towards women and they're still wouldn't I wouldn't call them like an educational resource there where the staff usually are not sex educators and those kind of stores and th there's a lot of both of those stores a lot still in the this in the US at least there's still a lot of porn shops and there's a lot of romance boutiques um, and romance boutiques will have a lot of low-end things and some high-end things too um, and then there's your sex positive pleasure shops. A lot of them are women owned or queer owned. You walk in and a lot of people are, if they're used to the porn store, they might be a little uncomfortable. So like, or, or a lot of uh, the porn stores are more geared towards men. Um, so a lot of men who are used to those porn stores and they walk in the sex positive boutiques, they're, they're like, this is for women. It's, a, you know, in, in their idea, in their mind, but they're designed for everyone um, trying to be as inclusive as possible. And the Staff members at those kind of stores are usually educators. They're very much educated on how to talk to you about sex uh, openly and without judgment. And again, with that motto that all consensual sex is good sex. And they'll have all kinds of sex toys and they're usually, you know, middle ground to high quality toys. You can usually touch them and turn them on. Of course, you're not putting them on your genitals, but you can feel the vibrations and they'll have information about the quality of the material, etc. Um, and if you go in, in a vibrator section, there's uh, all kinds of different vibrators. Um, a bullet vibrator is something that is usually smaller, compact, looks like a kind of like an actual bullet, but well, I guess as a, a larger bullet. Um, and it is something that's usually designed for external stimulation, which means that it's just for the vulva or the clitoris. And the vulva is the external anatomy of the um like the vagina's internal anatomy, that's the vaginal canal, and the vulva is what we see on the outside of um, someone who was born with a vulva and vagina. And so that's the labia minora, labia majora, the clitoris, etc. Um, and so you can use a bullet vibrator all over those parts externally uh, because you have a lot of nerve endings there. Primarily, though, it will be used on or around the clitoris. And it can be used solo on its own. It can be used in partner play because it's nice and small and it's just easy to maneuver. And uh, it's designed, obviously, for pleasure and for orgasms. Um, they're a good starting point if people are brand new to vibrators. Um, this is something I might recommend to them. Although with a bullet vibrator, one of the tricky things, it's not tricky, I guess, but limiting things is if you're new to vibrators and you want to experiment to see if you like internal stimulation, so if you want to use it in the first inch or two of the vaginal canal or experiment with G-spot stimulation, bullet vibrators are not really the best for that because they're small. They're literally about the half a half length of my finger, sometimes like a full finger's length. It just depends on the, on the vibrator. 
Um, but if someone isn't really curious about that, if they're not wanting to experiment with internal stuff, vulva vibrators are great. Again, oh, actually, I didn't say this. Um, vulva owners, um, the majority of them, and I think the statistic is around 80%, need some sort of clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. So even if they were having orgasms from internal stimulation, there's some sort of external stimulation on or around the clitoris that's happening as well, either before or simultaneously. Um, and so I say that in that a lot of folks, vulva owners who are buying, buying vibrators, even if they buy one that they can use internally, they're often getting off more so to what's happening externally on the labia or the clitoris, the vibrations that they can feel on that part of their body. And so a bullet vibrator is a perfectly good first time exploration um, for a sex toy. And they're usually really affordable. Like you can, you can get a bullet for you know $12. They're not the best quality. It probably won't last you years, uh, but they're usually pretty affordable price point. Um, I also recommend for first time vibrator people to get something that's multiple speeds. So you can see what kind of speeds your, what kind of intensity your body likes and start with the lightest speed. Don't go right into like the, the creme de la creme, the highest speed. Uh, or don't, I would say also for first time vibrator people not to get like the strongest vibrator, uh, just so that you don't start yourself off and kind of set the standard for your body to acclimate. It's not, anyone gets Actually, it can get mentally stuck, right? If people people who think they're addicted to their vibrator, addicted to porn, and they can only get off with these things, just have created a story, a very strong one, a belief, uh, which is also a neural pathway in your brain that says this is the only way I get off and I need this thing to get off. And um, a lot of you may already know this, but your largest uh, sex organ is your brain. It's responsible for 90% of your sexual experience. And it's related to the stories that we tell that become beliefs and our experiences and traumas and shame. Um, and it's if you have a really strong story that says, I had my first orgasm with a really strong vibrator. Now I can only get off to that. The story might stick with you for a long time and it can be rewritten by having new experiences. You might not have orgasms right away, but starting to experiment with lighter vibrators or just with fingers or other things for a while um, to reacclimate to this new thing. And you can learn to have orgasms in many ways. It just takes a lot of patience that a lot of people don't have. Um, and then their brain just says, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to wait, you know, a week to have, finally have an orgasm with this lighter speed. I'm just going to go back to that strong one again. And, and then it still stays that way. Um, so that's my long winded version of, of talking about bullet vibrators. And that will also apply as we move forward talking about. No, for sure. And I think well. too, it's also really important. Like, vulva owners have kind of been conditioned that, you know, penetrative sex was the way to go. And as you said, 80% of us uh, need clitoral stimulation. So kind of shifting that over and then, you know, exploring yourself, you might, it might take you a lot of time. I know for me, I started with a, a dual, dual vibrating massager. That was my first sex toy. And the first couple times I was like, I don't know if this is for me. This is very intimidating. There's a lot going on. I don't know if it was, and it was kind of my first, um, it was my first sex toy. So I was like, oh my God, like maybe this is too intense. And then I downgraded to a bullet vibrator and then I upgraded to a dual vibrating massager. So it was like one of those things where it's like, you have to take your time and you have to figure out what's good for you and your body. Um, and yeah, so like, 
I too would recommend a bullet vibrator to anyone. I've given it to my roommates. I kind of have house parties now and I'm like, who wants a vibrator? And then I have people texting me being like, that was the best thing you've ever given me. This is amazing. Because all of us are, my friend group, everyone's under 25 essentially. So we're still kind of in that um, exploration stage um, of our sexuality and kind of we're still learning what's good for us and, you know, what we need to work at. So I think that, a bullet vibrator is a really, really great um, first introduction. It's not too intimidating. It's small. It's easy. Um, and in Canada, you can get them at Walmart. So, like, it's super accessible, um, which I think is super great. But I guess that will be a really great transition to go into the dual vibrating massager. So maybe do you want to let us know a little bit more about that tool and where it goes? It's called a dual vibrating massager that generally means it has a dual stimulation internally and externally all in one toy. Sometimes we'll have two different motors. So one that's on the external piece that goes on, on around the clitoris and another one that goes internally, or sometimes it's all just one uh, motor as well. Uh, these can also be classified as what was traditionally the rabbit style vibrators. Those, I think those are probably some of the first dual vibrators on the market. Since then, there's so many companies that make rabbit style vibrators, which is the clitoral piece kind of looks like a little rabbit or a little creature, and it's like a tickler for the clitoris. Um, and this, this is great for folks who like internal and external stimulation at the same time. The interesting thing about vibrations, so vibrations work best where we have a lot of nerve endings. And someone who has a vulva has a lot of nerve endings externally, so labia, the clitoris, lots of nerve endings there. I think they're saying it's somewhere around 8,000 nerve endings on a vulva as opposed to around 4,000 on a, on a penis. Um, I think that's just because as the penis grows, it kind of stretches the nerve endings out and around all these different areas. And the vulva it stays a little more condensed, perhaps. And... When you go inside the vaginal canal, you have nerve endings usually around the first inch of the vaginal canal. And as you go in deeper, you have a lot less nerve endings. Now, everyone's different. Um, some people have a lot more nerve endings inside than others. Um, and then you have will have a lot around the cervix. Um, they're there for very specific reasons. So when people are using vibrations inside, it can feel nice, uh, but the deeper you go, your body doesn't really necessarily respond to the vibrations. Your body responds more to pressure. So in areas of the body where you don't have a lot of nerve endings, you still, you still feel, but you respond more to pressure as, a, uh, as opposed to just kind of light touch or vibrations or like tickling sensations. So for people who are using these, the vibrations, again, can feel really nice on the first inch of the vaginal canal uh, and then the clitoral stimulator outside. Uh, and then you also have something inside of you that you can maneuver in, in a way that is kind of like rubbing into or massaging the G-spot or somewhere internally, which means that you would be moving your hand um, kind of in like a come-hither motion of some sort um, so that you're, you're massaging different areas. Or you could just hold it in there if that just feels nice too. It can be a lot though. I, I usually don't recommend dual vibration, to, dual vibrators to first-time vibrator owners. It's just a lot to handle and I, there's things like sex in the city there we had this episode where someone got addicted to the rabbit vibrator and couldn't leave her house for three days and so people think that that's the toy that everyone should use and we'll all have that same experience and i always recommend for first time people to experiment with something that they can use just externally or just in internally or 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 either so maybe something that can be used either way uh, and if they figure out that they like 
internal and external stimulation at the same time, then they can get the dual vibrator. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily start with it. And they, like, I, like you said, they're a little intimidating. There's a lot going on. And they usually cost a little more than, a, you know, say a bullet or a regular internal vibe. But once you figure out what you like it, if you like both, uh, then it can be a really nice one. Plenty of people love them um, and, and it's like their go-to sex toy. I would just do more exploration first to see if that's how you like to get off. No, 100%. I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's a lot of value in, you know, letting people know that, I did it. I started with that and I wouldn't recommend it because honestly, when I first started buying sex toys, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I didn't really know where things went or what they were supposed to do for myself. And I, I barely knew my own body to begin with. So I feel like um, self-exploration before introducing sex toys is definitely super important. Um, and I think that a good tool that can kind of help you out with that um, is like a massage wand that I think is super underrated. So maybe do you want to let us know about that? I love massage wands. Um, they are, when you look at them, they, they look like a massager. They usually don't look, well, I guess a lot of people know of massage wands now as, as vibrators, but the kind of the classic is the, the Hitachi massage wand, which is now still on the market, but it's been rebranded as the magic wand. And it's this huge, what's kind of like, almost the length of my forearm and um, it looks almost like a, a small baseball bat or a microphone thing but and then the old packaging used to show like a lady massaging her back with it and they are wands are typically really powerful the way i like to describe vibrations for vibrators is you have your buzzy ones your buzzy vi vibrations that when you put it on your skin you feel it but it's 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 more superficial it's more like vibrating the surface of your skin and that's a lot of vibrators are that. I would call them light to medium vibrations. And then you have your more rumbly vibrations, your vibrators, which is wand style vibrators are that. And um, when you put it on the surface of your skin, it's so powerful that it vibrates a couple inches into your body. Hence why if you use a lot of these wand style vibrators externally on around the clitoris, it can still vibrate deep into the body and make and, and inspire um, female ejaculation in some folks too, because it's literally massaging deeper in on around the G-spot area, but from external stimulation. Um, so they're great toys. If one, if you want a really, really powerful toy, maybe orgasm has been difficult for you. Maybe your orgasm has changed and now it's, now it's challenging for you. Uh, maybe you've never had an orgasm. Maybe you just really like strong stuff. Maybe you want something that you can use for massage and for uh, self-pleasure, for masturbation. Um, they are, uh, there. there's some of them are electric, so they stay plugged in the wall um, and they last forever. Some of them are rechargeable, so you never buy batteries for them. You just plug them in uh, and, and it charges and it's ready to go, kind of like a cell phone would. And they are something that I've given to a lot of friends and, um, and a lot of friends are, love it. Like I very rarely give it to someone where they say it's just a lame, boring vibrator that doesn't work for them. Most of them say this thing is amazing. There's so many different brands and styles of them. Some are smaller too. Not all of them are really big, um, but they are just known as, as more powerful. Or another way I describe them as, as buzzy vibrators are kind of like lightning and rumbly vibrators like wands are more like thunder. You know, they just like really rumble into your body and can feel, um, feel really nice. And one of the tricks for folks who are using vibrators 
I guess it's not really a trick, but it would be some advice is that it's really easy to take a powerful vibrator, put it right on the clitoris and have an orgasm in one minute. Just like it's really easy for a penis owner to masturbate really hard and fast and have an orgasm in one minute too. Uh, and I think that it's it's important or not important, but helpful to experiment and explore with uh, taking your time um, and really dragging things out, building up your pleasure and your arousal, really exploring your body and seeing what your body likes. Um, and because one, then it won't set this default that I have to and only get off in one minute, um, which can translate into your, um, rela- your, your relationships and when you have sex with other people. Um, also, when you finally have an orgasm, it's more powerful when you take your time and you don't just like give it to you in five seconds. Um, so just really building it up um, or that's there's something called edging where you can kind of build up the arousal but not give it to yourself right away. And then when you actually do let let go and go over the top, uh, it can be really, really amazing. So with wand style vibrators, that's just one kind of, I don't want to call it a word of caution, but something you can try out. They're awesome. They can give you an orgasm very quickly. And uh, maybe to experiment with taking your time to just see what is available to you in your No, pleasure. 100%. And I think that um, methods like edging um, and just taking your time with orgasms are something that uh, really help in your like sexual evolution, I would say. It's going to help you with your partner and it's going to help you with yourself. And like s- sex isn't one climax. It's, you know, it, it's ever changing. So I think it's also something that if you're like, not necessarily bored, but if you're trying to spice things up, you can kind of work at, um, which I think is really interesting, um, especially for women, because we have we have this beautiful clitoris that nobody talks about, and, and there's so many ways to use it and work with it and uh, play with it, essentially. So I guess while we're talking about that, there is something called a ribbed clitoral vibrator. And how different is that from a bullet vibrator? The bullet vibrator is usually really smooth. They can be made of things like plastic, um, metal, silicone, and they're usually smooth. So they don't have any textures to it. The body does get off really well to textures as opposed to really smooth surfaces. Um, so that's why having something that's ribbed or just has some sort of ridges on it can be really good for clitoral stimulation because through the little points and ridges you can find like the right little pinpoint to hit the right spot on or around the clitoris that can put the vibrations exactly where you want it and so textures i think are helpful and it's not that smooth vibrators won't uh, won't get you off but having some sort of texture i think works for really well for a lot of folks so so it, you can think of in ribbed clitoral vibrators can look all kinds of things. It can just look like a bullet vibrator that has some ridges or um, ribbed qualities to it, or they have other shapes. There's some that things that are actually contoured to fit over your pubic bone, almost like it's your hand cupping your pubic bone, but the, it vibrates. Um, and they can have different t- ribs and ridges and textures on there too. So it really is just a clitoral vibrator that has textures on it that helps to emit vibrations where you want it better than a smoother surface vibrator would. Interesting. And then how does a clitoral sucking vibrator uh, differ? Because obviously there's a different um, mm-hmm. movement. I've actually never used a clitoral sucking vibrator, so I'm kind of I'm very curious as to what this does. Uh, and how they make them, actually. 
those those are actually personally my nat my new favorite as of the last two years. I I used to be um, love wands, and I still lo- I still like wands um, wand style vibrators. For me personally, with wand style vibrators, um, I I can use it. Oh, because you know, I mean, vulva owners often can have multiple orgasms, uh, either, you know, in one, one session or they give themselves an orgasm and then five minutes later they can give themselves another orgasm. Uh, this is common because we don't have a, we as in a vulva owners don't have a refractory period where the body needs to take a little break, uh, before it can get aroused again. And as opposed, as opposed to a penis owner. And what I find with, uh, wand style vibrators, I find that I can have multiple orgasms, but they become a little more, I can get overly sensitized or I guess desensitized, but overly sensitized. I feel hypersensitive to the point where it's almost uncomfortable when I try to go for the second or third orgasm because of the vibrations are just so condensed in one area is my assumption of why that is. It's not that I can't do it. It just can feel a little overwhelming. When I discovered um, the clitoral suction vibrators and the name brands for those. I think the first company that came out with them, I think is called Womanizer, which is a terrible name. Uh, they're German. So I don't know, we'll, we'll give them an, an, a pass on that one. But, um, and now there's other brands called it like the Satisfier. I think Lalo does one, the WeVibe does one. A lot of other companies are now doing their own version of a clitoral suction vibrator. And they look kind of funny, almost looks like some sort of tool that a doctor would use to like check your ears. And it has this suctiony tip, and you press a button. It makes some crazy noises. That sounds like sounds very interesting. Uh, and if you feel it, it still has a vibrating quality to it. It's like a rum, a lighter. Well, not right lighter, but it's like a, a a rumbly sensation, as if it was rumbly, like a more powerful vibrator, but not too powerful, so it's not overwhelming. And then it has a little very subtle light suction. If you took your thumb to that suction tip, you could feel that suctioning uh, on your finger, but it's not a, a deep suck. And for vulva owners who've had people go down on them, you know, self or someone pleasuring them with their mouths, they can, you, you probably, you may have experienced someone suctioning really intensely and can feel way too overwhelming. So you really don't want this really intense suction anyways. And then you can crank up the speeds to its multi- has multi-speeds, but they call them clitoral sucking vibrators and they really are that there's like a very light suction and then a rumbly vibrating aspect that I think people, um, are really enjoying getting off to. And they're used on or around the clitoris. When I use one, I'm using almost always on the upper left-hand side of my clitoris and I can have multiple orgasms that don't feel overwhelming and more so than I would with other vibrators. Um, they, they tend to be a little more bulky, like a little bit bigger, not as big as like a magic wand, although they are starting to, starting to make smaller ones. So for partner play, um, I have been able to use mine during partner play actually. Um, and so I think they're really great. And what, if you're a first time vibrator person, this, you could start out with one of these, they can just feel a little more. I don't want to, I don't like using the word natural or normal. Um, but they can feel more, I guess, authentic in that, it can feel as if someone is also lightly sucking as opposed to just like the intense vibrating experience that other vibrators do that humans actually can't do to each other. Um, so yeah, they're a great, they're a great choice. It's my go-to now. I would totally, I'm, I'm my brand that I usually use is, is Satisfier, but like I said, Womanizer, WeVibe and Lalo, all my good ones too. 
great. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out because I was kind of intimidated uh, because I've definitely had a few guys, you know, do that motion just in the wrong way. So it's kind of turned me off a little bit from the idea of sucking. But I kind of liked how you explained that. And I think that that's a really good option. And it's 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 not too intimidating in the sense of like having it as your first toy. Um, and it mm-hmm. kind of replicates what a partner can do for you, essentially. So I think that that's a really great tool. And then there's also kind of going back to like the bullet vibrators, there's a stainless steel vibrator that doubles as a necklace that I'm very curious about because I've seen it all over the internet, but I'm not sure how, is it that much different than a bullet vibrator? Is it just discreet and like you can have it whenever you kind of want? It's it's like two toys in one. Uh, the company that makes the one you're thinking of is called Crave and the vibrator is called the Vesper. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a metal vibrator that also functions as a necklace. So you can wear it as a necklace and most people would never know it's a vibrator. It just looks like this cute necklace that has like some sort of trendy, almost like a nail on it or something, but it's, it's, it's cute. And, uh, and then when people ask you what it is, they're usually very excited that it's a vibrator. <laughs> and then of course you can use it as a vibrator. Uh, and externally it's, it's for more vulva stimulation, or I know people that use it on their nipples as well. So it's it is like bullet-y style but it's more narrow than a bullet would be it's multiple speeds and it's both jewelry and a sex toy in one i think some people who like who are into it are more i wouldn't call them exhibitionists but they're they like being able to flaunt or wear their sex toy and they're 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 okay and being, being witnessed within that and having conversations about it um, and it's it's just a cute necklace as well it's lighter vibrations lighter to medium vibrations not i wouldn't call it super strong so if someone likes really strong stuff it might be more annoying or frustrating and it's not that people can't learn to get off to lighter vibrations but it just takes time and so if someone's more used to the strong rumbly sex story and they try using that um it might be a lot for or or not a lot might not enough for them in that moment um, but if someone likes lighter stuff, but they want to use it on their nipples or just also wear it as jewelry, then it's a really awesome toy. Um, back in the day when we owned the retail store, Pure Pleasure, a sex shop I own with my mom, uh, we now have it online at purepleasureshop.com. Um, we used to sell it a lot to folks who were coming and they wanted to get a friend a sex toy, but they didn't know if their friend would even be in a sex toy or a sex toys or if their friend would think they were creepy for giving them a sex toy. <laughs> and so that was a great item for that to get them because it was like, it's a jewelry and sex toy in one. Also, a lot of people bought it for themselves um, or people bought it for like uh, bridal showers, bachelorette parties, Valentine's Day, Christmas holidays and things like that. Also uh, really popular. So they're awesome i um i own one and wear one and it's always a fun conversation to have especially when i wear it through the airport tsa is always very interesting what it is usually usually they want to know where to order one so they're usually like i want that's one of those. so funny i'm sure that makes travel a lot more interesting oh yeah it's not, it's not boring <laughs> I, but you have to be oh you have to be okay having those conversations with people oh for um, sure as i am so thank th- thank god for that honestly because uh mm-hmm. I'm definitely learning a lot more and I'm actually very curious because I found this toy online called the single speed egg and I honestly have no idea. I don't even know really how to transition it because I've never heard of this before <laughs> um, and I just kind of want to know what, what it is and um, what it's supposed to stimulate. The eggs 
So I think that they just call them that because they're kind of like an egg shape. They're usually not as big as an actual egg, but they're a little more oval. Um, and they're often come with a remote of some sort, but not always. So the egg itself will often have like a little string attached to the base, and then it will have a separate remote um, or not. Sometimes you just have a push button on the actual egg. And they're usually designed to put insert in vaginally and then you would have the string hanging out and then you could uh you know at the remote often the old remotes used to just which they are they are still in the market they used to work about up to 10 feet away and so you could use it on yourself with the remote with, with this thing inside of you or you could hand the remote over to a partner and you can go out to dinner and they can vibrate you across the table or things like that um, and those are still available, but, and there's now Bluetooth technology where a lot of these things can be controlled with an app on your phone from anywhere that you have Wi-Fi. Um, and and that's, that's not all of them, but that is available. So say someone is in, in Australia and they have the app on their phone with Wi-Fi and you have the sex toy and you're in California, they could potentially vibrate you from afar. Um, so there is this new modern day technology. Um, and that's not just with eggs. There's other style toys like the WeVibe, which has an internal and external kind of like dual, but. Um, it's not bulky. It's a uh, hands-free sex toy that's great for couples play. Anyways, the eggs, uh, they so they're more just to like place inside. They don't have usually have curves or shapes. Sometimes they do, and they can feel nice. Um, again, as I was describing, kind of the anatomy of the internal vaginal canal, you'll feel the vibrations more in the first inch of the vaginal canal, and then internally the rest of it. You don't necessarily have as many nerve endings. Um, and the G spot, G area, is more curved in and up towards the pubic bones. Hence, when people talk about G-spot stimulation, you hear about the like curving the fingers up, come hither motion. Um, and so in that case, an egg might not hit the G-spot G area because it isn't curved up. And again, there are different shapes. So if there's an egg that, egg, something that you wore internally with a string hanging out that had more of a curve up towards the pubic bone, it might be more efficient, although again, as I was saying, the G spot gets off more to to pressure. So it's for people who know they like vibrations internally, um, or they like that remote kind of hand that the remote over to my my partner, fun play thing. Sometimes you can take the eggs and actually insert them um, in, or they'll they'll come with like a pair of panties or something like that. You can insert them in to this little sleeve so that they become an external vibrator on your clitoris. And that's still hands free, but the bigger uh, the the wider eggs don't really um, don't necessarily work that way. So I would say when, like when we owned Pure Pleasure, the retail store for 12 years, we sold them for people who wanted to do the couples play thing. They wanted to have the remote to hand over to their partner. They wanted to wear it out maybe in public or to have inside of them at home and their partner could have control and vibrate them as they wanted to. Good to know. Um, I'll definitely get on that once I find a partner, but uh, I definitely think that it's a great tool to use if you have a partner and you're trying to change things up or spice things up. I think it's a great um, option. Um, but I guess we can we can throw it back literally and uh, talk about some, some butt stuff. So I know the traditional, um, I, don't, I don't know if traditional is the right word, but uh, butt plugs have kind of been around for a very long time. So maybe what would you, what would you tell people about butt plugs? Um, that have never used them before or interested in trying them? Plugs are generally used, obviously, anally, um, and they kind of look 
almost like they have a little pacifier thing going on. Like they need to have a flange or a flared base, like a stopper that will stop on the anus. And so they, they can't go in any further. Um, anything that you do anally needs to have a stopper. So vaginally you, you have an end that's the cervix um, and nothing gets through there other than microscopic things like, you know, sperm and fluids. Um, and <clears throat> the, the anal canal continues into a rectum, which continues into a colon, which continues to intestines. So um, you don't have an end. So anything that, like I said, anally, you, so you wouldn't want to put a bullet, use a bullet anally unless it had a flared base and then it wouldn't be a bullet. Um, so that's one thing for butt plugs is they need to have that flared base. Um, and they are usually used because the feeling of fullness or having something in the anal canal um, can feel really nice, whether that's just on its own or um, or if you're having if you're a vulva owner and you're having vaginal penetration or stimulation at the same time, that can feel really nice. Um, so a lot of people just really like the feeling of fullness that it provides. It's like this this light pressure. It shouldn't be painful. It's just the light 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 pressure. Uh, it can be enjoyable. Or they're often used for folks who want to move to something larger. Uh, the kind of the key to successful penetrative anal sex with dildos or with homegrown cocks is. Um, to relax the muscles first. And that can, and that also involves a lot of time, uh, breath, and a lot of lube. Always use lube for anal play. Always. The ass is not so good at lubricating itself. In fact, it doesn't really do that. So butt plugs, what they can do is you lube them up. You would gently and slowly insert them at your own pace. And then you can leave that in and do whatever other things you want to do to get turned on and aroused. And then when you slowly take it out, the um, the muscles can be nice and relaxed for, to insert something larger, whether it's you know, fingers, dildo, or a penis, and or other sex toys that are anal safe. Um, so people are using both ways. It's also just a good starter point to see, to play around with anal stimulation and pleasure. The anus itself has a lot of nerve endings. So this is the external part. Um, and it has about as many, around as many nerve endings as your lips. So if you lightly touch your lips and you feel that sensation there that you, that you can sense, um, you can feel a similar thing on your anus. And so it can have a lot of pleasure when you go internally, you have less nerve endings, just kind of similar to a vaginal canal would. And, and internally again, responds more to, uh, to pressure. Um, so I'll combine this with the idea of what difference between regular butt plugs and vibrating butt plugs. A lot of butt plugs that you see don't vibrate. Um, begin because you don't really feel the vibrations internally and internally in response to the pressure externally around the anus or the first inch of the anal canal, you can feel some of the vibrations. Um, so in that case, you'll see a lot of them are made of things like metal or stainless steel, um, hard ABS, plastic, silicone. I think it's really important to get a uh, anal sex toy that is non-porous, meaning it doesn't hold in bacteria. Um, porous sex toys are made of things like uh, rubber jellies, which I don't recommend for any anyone ever um, because they're toxic. Um, so I recommend things like elastomer. There's also things like TPR, TPE. Um, some other toxic things are like PVC or latex sex toys can go into your bloodstream. And they're not sanitizable. So if they get bacteria on them, which the ass can have bacteria in it, um, you can't really clean it out or off of those materials. So again, go with uh, silicone, hard ABS plastic, or metals for... for um, for butt plugs. Um, they're not designed because the ass is leaking. There's no leaking problem. Um, so again, for the feeling of fullness more so, or to relax the muscles to move to something larger, there's different shapes of them. Some of them have like a tapered tip, which is great for insertion. And um, so I recommend things that have more of a tapered tip and the ass can fit a lot of 
sizes of things. Um, so it just takes the more time you use, you can put something pretty large in there if you would like, but it might take you, you know, 10 minutes to do. Um, vibrating butt plugs feel really nice on the anus because like I said, there's a lot of nerve endings there. So it responds to vibrations and lighter touch and the vibrations can help to bring blood flow there. They can help to bring pleasure. They can help to relax the muscles even more. Um, so I do recommend vibrating butt plugs for folks who like vibrations there. Um, and you don't have to have vibrations for a butt plug. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of butt plugs. My, for me, it's more so um, an exploration of moving to something larger and relaxing the muscles or, um, or I just like the idea of uh, letting my partner kind of use a, a butt plug on me. That's something about that that's really sexy to me. And it's a great way to experience any sort of a beginning intro to anal play to see what you like. Um, butt plugs and butt, anal beads are different from each other. Anal beads, they're more beaded. Um, and what they're designed to do is you insert them in one bead at a time. And there are traditional ones that are beads with strings. I don't recommend those. They can break easily and they're porous, the string is. Um, or I they're disposable too, so I, I wouldn't use them multiple times. But they're, they're, I like the ones that are made of silicone. Um, and you would insert that bead by bead, or it's kind of like a bulb by bulb, I guess. And um, you have them in, and as you get turned on, right before or during or orgasm, you slowly remove them, and it can enhance your orgasm because of the stimulation that the removal of each bead on the anus as it's coming out, um, it can enhance your orgasm and provide more sensation. Um, so butt plugs, again, kind of more like a pacifier looking thing or... Um, like a little anal probe and beads have more of like these multiple bulbs or beads on them and they just offer different things. They're both great. I think that's a great note. And I think that um, using sex toys as kind of like a, a transitional method to anal play, I think is super important because I'm sure um, a lot of people have had interesting experiences with anal play. So I think that, um, especially for younger people, you know, I've heard so many stories of like, my boyfriend just wants to, you know, stick it in my butt and I did it once and I hated it. And it's like, yeah, if you've never had anything up there, it's not going to be great the first time. So I think butt plugs and butt plug vibrators are great and even anal beads um, to kind of work your way up. So I think that's a great note to make. And I also really appreciate how you talk about the materials used for sex toys, because, um, you know, our genitals are very sensitive areas and um, the materials that you use on your genitals can be absorbed into your bloodstream, which is a very important note to make. And I think something that's very overlooked is um, hygiene surrounding sex toys and cleaning sex toys. So I kind of wanted to ask you, um, what the protocol is for this um, and how people can kind of keep their sex toys clean so that they can keep using them. Yeah, that's, this is when, we, so the sex toys that you can fully clean or sanitize are non-porous. So again, that's silicone, hard ABS, plastic, metal, glass. Uh, these are all things that do not hold in bacteria. And so with some soap and water, you can fully clean or sanitize them. Um, most sex toys these days, they're making them either water resistant or waterproof if they're vibrating. If they're non-vibrating, then they're, you, they're totally water resistant or waterproof. Um, and you can even throw a lot of those ones without motors in the dishwasher. Um, if you 
you know, if you're, if you have one, you're comfortable putting things in the dishwasher, if you have housemates or people, you live with people, uh, but the easiest way to clean them is just with some soap and water. Um, and just kind of like you were cleaning your hands, you know, now we're all learning a lot about how to clean our hands correctly. Um, so <laughs> you do the same thing with your sex toy. So with, um, warm water and if you do it for, you know, 30 seconds or, um, or I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it might even be less than that, but you want to clean it with soap and water and, and then you can reuse them over and over again and not have to worry about it. But when they're porous, you can still clean with soap and water and it might clean off some of the bacteria, but it might not clean off everything. So if you had a bacterial infection, um, it might the, be absorbed into the sex swing and give it to you over and over again. Uh, if you're not fluid bonded with partners, meaning you don't have an agreement with them that you're um, sharing body fluids with them, maybe you both haven't gotten tested or haven't talked about your testing status, uh, then you probably wouldn't want to use a porous toy with them. Or if you had a porous toy and you wanted to use it with them, I would put a condom or something on it to um, protect them or protect it. And then, you know, you getting their fluids. So um, there are toy cleaners out there that you can spray on and wipe off. Um, and those really work best with still with non-porous toys to clean them and sanitize them. And you can use it on a porous toy, but still have the same issue as you would if you were to use soap and water where the porous toy could still hold in bacteria. So toy cleaners are great if you don't have access to like a faucet somewhere at that moment and you want to just be able to clean it where you are um, and not have to you know, run to the bathroom or maybe you don't have a bathroom there accessible. Otherwise, I would just go to a faucet somewhere and clean it with soap and water. Um, and I recommend cleaning them every time you use them. Don't let it like, don't use it. Just throw it in there and let it sit and don't clean it for, you know, six months. Um, and I mean, it depends how you're using the, the toy as well. A lot of people aren't cleaning their toy every time. They're just using it like on the clitoris and there's less fluids and things there. So you get to pick and choose your, your battles and how you want to clean your toy. Um, but typically speaking, they're really easy to clean. And when you buy a sex toy from a sex positive store, they usually give you all the information. They usually tell you how to clean it, what the materials are made out of, what the warranty is, how to care for it. When you go to more like a porn store and things like that, they're less uh, trained in those conversations. So they might not teach you about how to care for the toy, but you could always ask um, to, to see it, what how they advise you to do, to do that. And again, it's usually just going to be with some soap and water. Good to know. And I think that's an important uh, thing to think about, especially for like new sex toy users. Um, but yeah, ultimately it's up to your own discretion. But I also would recommend washing them after a reuse. Just, that's just my personal germaphobe uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> coming out right there. But I just kind of wanted to ask as we close up, um, because this is something you're passionate about and you know so much about. So I kind of wanted to ask for our younger listeners um, what you wish more people knew about sex toys. Mm. Um, let's see. I wish more people knew that it's not shameful to use sex toys to experiment with them or to, or also just to incorporate them in your everyday or almost everyday play. There's We still live in a world that or at least our culture um, that says that the penis should give all the pleasure and or hands or mouths or something. And that if we need sex toys, there's something wrong with us. Um, and I like to encourage people to look at uh, sex toys as a, a bonus or a nice addition, either to spice things up or just easy access to arousal or pleasure. And that pleasure is pleasure. So however people are getting off, if they're having pleasure and they're happy with it, there's nothing wrong with that. If it's with 
whether it's with a sex toy or not. Uh, and that if people want to learn to get off in all kinds of ways, they can. Um, so, because again, the brain is your largest sex organ, but there's nothing shameful about using sex toys. If you, again, if you want to use it all the time, awesome. If you're happy with that, go ahead. Um, a lot of people just have been told otherwise that that's not normal. It's not okay. And you should be able to get off in this one other way. Um, so I would love for all of the penis owning individuals who are vulva owning admirers. Um, they like sleeping or having sex with or being intimate with people who have vulvas to not shame them if they want to use sex toys. And, and to not take it personally as if there's something wrong with them for, um, you know, like that their penis isn't enough or that the other person is broken. And for vulva owners to really advocate for their their pleasure and not just try to caretake uh, penis owners, if that's who they're sleeping with, their emotions. It's not actually not just penis owners. There's plenty of, you know, vulva on vulva play where there still is sex toy shame. Um, so to just really look at as a bonus, I think with sex in general, we're very goal oriented. We're very orgasm oriented. Uh, and it's, we want to get from point A to B, B to point B, point A being, uh, getting aroused and point B being orgasm. And we miss all the stuff in between because we're so set on the destination. And I would love for more folks to consider if you have to have a goal, make it pleasure or connection and not orgasm. Um, and in pleasure or connection, sex toys, can be a big part of that and just, you know, and, and addition or the main feature, if that's what you want. Um, and I think a lot of, for a lot of people to, to go more to sex positive sex shops so that you can learn about the toy and you make sure you're getting safe, high quality materials. And they can also help you find the right toy for you. Like you can really go in there and be like, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. And it, it's, it can be like a personalized shopping experience there as opposed to, going into um, the store where they're not educators. And I know it can be scary and intimidating and their job at sex positive pleasure boutiques is to make it less scary and intimidating for you is to show you that it's not shameful to talk about sex and to seek uh, an enhancement of pleasure. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, and people can heal old shame through going to those kind of stores and they leave there. That's what happened at pure pleasure all the time. Like, People would come in scared and they would leave with their shoulders high and they're like, wow, this isn't scary. This isn't a bad experience. It's okay. I'm, I can, I was able to, to talk about what I like and what I don't like and leave with a product that will probably work well for me. Um, so go and support those stores. They're usually locally owned as well. Some of them are chains, but, um, and especially now, now is the time to go support your local businesses. So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have to be a shameful experience to use sex toys or to buy sex toys. It's just that um, there's... Um, not all sex shops or sex toys are created equal and um, education is important in those realms. 100%. I think especially regarding sex toys. Um, and so after hearing about kind of your personal experience and um, your early sex education, I like to ask a lot of people um, if you could tell your younger self something about sex or sexual health or even sex toys, uh, what would you tell her? When it, what I would tell her when it comes to sex was that my pleasure was is just as important as the folks that I'm being intimate with is, and um, so I uh, most of my life I can't say all my life, but most of my life I've, I've um, been I, I am intimate with penis owning individuals, and um, uh, while I wasn't actually told that my pleasure wasn't equal to theirs or as important to advocate for, um, or in terms of receiving, 
uh, somehow I think I got those messages through my sexual experiences and, and what my partners thought and just through society and media. Um, it's much more portray- portrayed. Uh, penis pleasure is much more uh, widely portrayed than vulva pleasure. And I wish that someone had told me before I was sexually active, you know, at you know 14 or 15, that my pleasure was just as important, that I had every right to explore my body and ask for what I wanted and that it would be important for me to actually explore my body and figure out what I want before relying on someone else to figure out for me. Um, because a lot, my first couple sexual experiences were with people that didn't offer to go down on me. Um, they didn't, weren't touching me in slow and soft. They didn't know how. Um, and I wasn't asking for it. I didn't, it's not really anyone's fault. It's society. It's porn um, and what the messages that we get. So I wish that I had just been encouraged to explore my own body, to advocate for it. And if anything ever did, did not feel good to speak to it right away. Um, and I, you can do that in a loving way. You don't have to yell at someone. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, because it sets, it set a default of that, that receiving became, was really hard for me for a long time and still can be at times. So it's just something that I've had to work, um, with to relax and let myself fully receive and feel worthy of it. And then with sex toys, I wish someone had told me to, well, well the rubber jelly toy, I didn't have a bad experience where it just it just it smelled bad and I knew it wasn't good for my body and I didn't um, find a lot of pleasure from it. The first sex toy I actually did buy that I got off to, fun fact, everyone, I had my first orgasm from a vibrator. Uh, when I was 18, 18, I had already had five sexual partners by that time. time. I had a long-term boyfriend at that time. Wasn't having orgasms though. Um, wasn't a masturbator when I was a kid. I wish I was, but I was more like interested in like the smells and textures, but I wasn't touching myself for pleasure and it wasn't shameful. I just didn't figure it out. And, um, and I started to experiment with my hands when I was a teenager, but not a lot happened. And, and then I had these experiences with people that weren't really that interested in um, giving. And then I had this long-term partner who was interested in giving, but we still just couldn't figure it out. And I think I was relying on them to figure my body out. And so I finally bought a vibrator um, that is called the water dancer still on the market. (laughs) It's really, it's one speed and really powerful. It's smaller and it's, but it's kind of rumbly has these little prongs on the the tip. And I got off right away and I actually ejaculated my first orgasm. I was like, Whoa, this is on my own. It's like, what? Oh my God, what is this? (laughs) What's going on here? I'm 18. I finally had an orgasm. It feels really good. And there's like a little puddle right here. Um, that's and, incredible it's one of the best yeah. stories I've ever heard yes so it's awesome and what happened is it set a default on my brain like that story of I I need strong vibrations um, so it was hard to replicate with fingers mouths a penis other sex toys that were not as strong um, and so I, I've been able to train myself over time to eventually get off to other other things but it was a little bit of journey because I set the default really high with a really strong thing. Um, so my recommendation is, as that's why I'm so passionate about get something with multiple speeds, start with the lighter speeds. If you're new to them, especially if you've never had an orgasm before so that you don't set the default to a really strong thing. And then that gets, I, and I, I'll say stuck, but you can unstuck it. It's just a journey. Um, so that would be the other thing I wish someone would have told me, get something with multiple speeds, start with a lighter one, awesome though. You're still having an orgasm. You're Jacqueline badass. And it just created a little more of a journey for me when I wanted to learn how to get off with other things, lighter vibrations, fingers, mouths, etc. So, but that was just my journey. That's my experience. Um, and 
you know, I'm 35 now. I have all kinds of orgasms in all kinds of ways. I still sometimes you know, use them, get them just from sex ways. I can have them from certain types of internal stimulation, usually combined with external stimulation at the same time. I'm also, I've discovered I'm more energetically um, aroused than I am physically aroused. So I don't just get turned on by someone touching me. It, it's about the energy and how they show up, um, how they treat me. Um, and yeah, that's a whole nother topic, but um, we're, we're very dynamic beings. Um, and if you go to our podcast at Shameless Sex, um, I really recommend listening to, I think it's episode 126. And uh, is she, I don't know if you've heard of Jaya before, but she talks about erotic blueprints and how we feel arousal and there's different ways and, and that some of us are more sexual, some are more sensual, some are more kinky, some are shapeshifters and some are energetics. And, and, and that we live in a society that says that we should all be sexual. Like we only get off through touch or seeing naked bodies. And, um, I certainly am not that. And it's really liberating to discover that I'm, um, the energy is really important to me and uh, we're all different. So I love this topic because I could, Obviously, I have a podcast with like 160 something episodes, so I can talk about it forever. No, I, I really appreciate that. And I think it's super important too, as um, young vulva owners are learning their bodies and learning how dynamic and complex we are. I think it's important that uh, we share these personal experiences because no one's going to have the same one, but maybe part of your experience and part of mine could help someone rediscover, you know, their clitoris and their vulva. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate your openness. Um, I wanted to uh, kind of throw it your way so that people can kind of find you. Uh, what's the best platform for people to find you? And then if you want to plug the Shameless Sex podcast again, uh, before we go, I'd, I'd love that. Usually Shameless Sex is the easiest way to find me. Um, so if you go to shamelesssex.com, that's our website, and you can listen to the podcast there. But it's on all of the apps on uh, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, etc. Really easy to find. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, you can find us at Shameless Sex Podcast. Um, let's see. I'm also a sex educator and sex and relationship coach. Um, so I teach workshops on sexuality in person, although that's not happening right now. Um, but, and I work with people on their sex and relationship, uh, blocks, issues, et cetera, um, online right now, but also in person in Santa Cruz. Well, not today, but, um, eventually again. So I do that over video calls with folks all over the world and you can find out more on shamelesssex.com in the, um, I think it's like the work with me tab. And I also still own pure pleasure online with my mom, our mother daughter sex shop that was, was always been online, but was a retail store in Santa Cruz. And we sold the retail store. Thank goodness before all of this because now we don't have a big overhead during this whole virus thing um but if you go to purepleasureshop.com that is our online store we sell all kinds of high quality sex toys there um and uh our listeners for shameless sex get 15 percent off with coupon code shameless sex um, so you can use that on that website and if you don't know what sex toys you want you can always shoot us an email there um at amy at purepleasureshop.com and can uh, help to kind of guide you in the right direction because I know we're not now a brick and mortar retail store where you can go in and ask questions about what's right for you. Um, but you can still do it via email um, and we can help you so that you order what might be the right toy for you. And what a better time to order sex toys. Uh, I think we oh all have God, the time. <laughs> I've yeah. definitely had more time now to explore than I have in the past year and a half, but I definitely appreciate it. 
Um, so I just wanted to thank you again, Amy, for coming on the podcast and honestly teaching me way more than I have ever learned in the past, you know, year and a half of just my own little sex exploration. So I really appreciate that. Of course. Yeah. I love, thank you for inviting me. And I love talking about and educating about sex. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to hear you started a podcast and you're doing what you do. So keep up the good work. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. Okay. Make sure to subscribe to the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast for more episodes just like this one. Make sure to check out Amy on all her social medias and check us out at Ladies Let's Talk About Sex on Instagram for more giveaways, contests, and new episodes every Monday of the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast. Thanks for listening.